you're listening to the Free State Healthcare Podcast with our newest series, The Truth Effect, featuring founder and CEO of Free State Healthcare, Dr. Elijah Yagmai. The previous episode ended with a reflection on the word extraction. The U.S. healthcare system seems to be set up in such a way that extraction happens in order for hospitals to make the most money possible at the expense of what's best and reasonable for the patient. We pick up where we left off. And to be fair to the hospital systems, in many cases, it's how do we, so how do we extract the most money so that we can in turn pay all the high prices for everybody that supplies us with whatever it is they supply us and all the high labor costs and all this, right? So it's just, it's just a system of just, everyone is, is constantly extracting cash from everyone else and the prices just keep spiraling up, right? As a result of this thing. So then let's go a level down and say, okay, so what happens when you go into the ER? Let's say your problem, uh, first of all, again, good, decent odds your problem at any given time is not actually that much of an emergency, but fair enough. So we've got a bird's eye view of the healthcare system. Now we're getting ready to segue into a walkthrough of what the ER looked like in Dr. Yagmai's particular situation. So the ER doctor, when you walk in, is under certain pressure. Now it varies from ER to ER in terms of what metrics are checked, but one of the metrics that is frequently checked is how quickly did you get into the room to see the patient? Because some places like to advertise, right, see a doctor within 15 minutes or, you know, whatever the number is that they, they choose, which may or may not correlate to what's actually happening, but they like to put it on billboards. So they want you to have seen the patient within a certain period of time. Well, how's that actually measured? Well, in one system, the one that I was familiar with, for example, the patient would roll in and you would need to you would need to hit a button in your electronic record to indicate that you had picked up the patient. So the problem was, let's say they rolled three patients back at the same time, you want to sign up. So they were tracking how fast did we sign up for the patient. So there was, in this case, there was a metric for how fast did you sign up, how fast did you get in their room, and then their disposition time, which we'll get to at the end. So for the sign up, what made logical sense was if you roll three patients back, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to be seeing all of them, right? I'm being measured on how fast I signed up for them, right? So I'm just going to go click, click, click and sign myself up. So they added it, but they didn't like that because they felt that was gaming the system. They couldn't ac- accurately tell how fast you were signing up like it's relevant to anything clinical. So they, they put a waiting period in. You had to wait one minute between clicks to sign, to sign up for your patient. So the problem is this. Let's say I sign up for patient A. Let's, let's say they bring back three patients at once, A, B, and C. I sign up for patient A and I go see patient A. If I do that, by the time I get back to sign up for patient B, I will, be, I will have fallen out, meaning I will have exceeded the maximum amount of time in many cases that I, I was allotted to sign up for patient B. So I will appear in the system to be signing up for these patients abnormally slowly, even though all I did was walk into one room, see the patient, come back out. So, so the natural thing that made sense was sign up for one, sign up for A, B, and C now, and then let me go do my clinical job of actually seeing these patients and getting their care started. So what they built, though, because they didn't like the fact that you could sign up for everybody rapidly, was instead you needed to have a one-minute cool-off period between signing up for each patient. So now you're spending three minutes sitting there saying, click. Okay, 60 seconds, click. <laughs> and then 60 more seconds, click. Right, now I can start my job, right? Because we had this three-minute lag while I signed up for three patients, right? And whatever number of patients it was you needed to see, right, you know, multiply by whatever. So your choice is, I'm either going to have a fallout of my statistic or I need to wait this period of time, sign up for everybody on time, and then go on and do my next thing. So this particular patient check-in system seemed to not be so effective. It slowed down patient check-ins and slowed down doctors from being able to see patients and treat them effectively. 
but this leads Dr. Yagmai to an aside about the purpose of doctors having to be in a patient's room in the first place. Yes, sometimes this is necessary, but is it always necessary, especially when you don't have any information at first? Then you're measured by how fast you actually got in the room. Well, the problem with how fast you got in the room from a medical perspective is sometimes you don't need to be in the room that fast. Sometimes you know from the, from the complaint that's coming in, or maybe they came in an ambulance, the ambulance is telling you what they found, you know, Joe fell over on his bike and his leg is broken now. You know what you need to do. So your actual presence in the room doesn't mean anything medically. Why does it matter? So that we can tell the public that you'll see a doctor within 15 minutes. Rather than educate the public on sometimes, you don't, need, you don't need to see the doctor immediately. The doctor may need to order some tests immediately. They may need to do some things and collect some information so they can come give you something intelligent. So instead what you do is you run in the room and say, hi, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I don't know anything about what's going on right now, but I'm gonna order a series of tests, right? And, and then I'll come back at some unspecified later time to tell you when that is. I don't know exactly when it will be, but at some time I will tell you that, right? Uh, or tell you what the results are. The purpose of that, right, is more of a PR thing than it is anything that's useful from a medical perspective, right? Now, of course, there are patients where, yes, you need to be in their room immediately because they're incredibly ill, right? You need to do things. Of course, that's true. But again, the average patient rolling in the door, that's not necessarily true. We need some objective information, some testing labs, other things in that situation that we need to know that based on what their so-called chief complaint is, like why did they come in? Now, there is, I don't mean to downplay, there is, there is value, of course, in receiving the history from the patient right, and hearing what's going on. Sometimes the chief complaint that's report is not accurate. My point is that it's not a universal truth that being in their room immediately makes a huge difference in terms of what it is that needs to be done. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but you're, you're measured on this all the same. Lastly, we get to what is known as disposition time. Basically, there is a time goal set for doctors to get patients in and out of the hospital, but we ask, why? I won't spoil the details for you, but Dr. Yagmai helps us see the meaning of this measurement. And then the last piece, and maybe the most pernicious, that, that these ER docs are measured on in many cases is disposition time. So they track how fast did you get the patient disposition. Disposition time does not mean when did the patient actually physically leave the department in most cases. It means when did you make a final decision on their disposition. Here again, tip, a typical number is 90 minutes. You have 90 minutes to get them out the door. Why? Because you need this place to be a high, high throughput place. You need to keep people running through here because every time we do, we ring the cash register for $3,000. So we want to turn these beds over as fast as we can. So we dispo them out. What does that actually mean in practice? So what it means is, for example, if I want to shorten my dispo time, I don't wait for my workup to come back. I, I look at the patient, they look probably sick. So I'm going to call and admit them to the hospital. And I can massage my story a little bit, and if doctors try to pretend they don't, that's a lie. I can massage my story a little bit to kind of make it seem more convincing or whatever. And a lot of times we have kind of the weight of administration behind us because admitting people to the hospital is profitable for the hospital. I don't get penalized if I inappropriately admit someone to the hospital. There's no penalty for that anywhere that I've ever heard of. Maybe there's a hospital out there that does that or tracks that. I'm not aware of it. So let's say I come in and you don't look like you're breathing very well. If I'm a, if I'm a conscientious doc, you know, I may initiate treatment. I may try to do things like that and see if I can smooth it out and fix it and send you home. But if I'm not that conscientious, you know, you don't look like you're breathing particularly well. You know, I think you may need to be in the hospital. And I, I'm the doctor, and I'm telling you this, and usually you don't know that much about healthcare, right? You're not a physician. So when I come in and tell you you need to be in the hospital, you're, you're inclined to believe me. 
But what I'm really doing is shortening my dispo time by getting, by getting a disposition, which is hospital admission, let's just say within 20 minutes of your arrival. This is a thing I've experienced working in the hospital. Uh, hey, uh, you know, Doc, uh, Mr. Jones is here. He's a known patient with COPD, you know, which is emphysema for people that don't know, right? He's basically someone frequently who has smoked for a long time, but their lungs have been, been damaged by that. This patient with COPD, you know, he's in here, you know, wheezing, having some trouble breathing. You know, I think he really needs to be in the hospital right now. Okay. Look on the computer. Hey, I see Mr. Jones is he's been here for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's not no, not been that long. Okay. So what have you done about his problem? Uh, well, you know, we haven't really started anything, but you know, he just looks really sick. He looks really sick. You know, he really needs to be upstairs. Well, I mean, he's saturating 96% on room air right now, and the, and you've charted a respiratory rate that's normal. So how sick is he? Like, have you tried to give him anything for his his problem? Well, no, but I, you know, I just, I could tell, you know, I can just tell, you know, this, <laughs> right. I, well, if you hospitalize Mr. Jones right now, it's, you know, it's going to cost him like $7,000 to put him in the hospital and I'm going to discharge him within a few hours. So, so maybe you should try to treat him first before we hospitalize him. Right. And then you get, you know, then there's fighting back and forth about, you know, not wanting to do this. And then again, I'm not saying that every, that, that you can't sometimes look at a patient and tell that they're sick enough that they need to be in. Of course you can. But there are also cases like this where the goal is, in fact, a faster disposition time. So what it means from the disposition, from the disposition time is I just my goal is to get the patient decision wise moved out of here within 90 minutes or less. And I will take the path of least resistance to do that in most cases. If I can get them home, great, I'll get them home. But if I can get them into the hospital and that maybe from my perspective, either reduces my liability or is just an easier discharge than, for example, treating somebody for their asthma exacerbation for four hours in the ER and then sending them home. Some doctors will do the ethical thing from the patient's perspective, which is treat them for the four hours and send them home. But some doctors will admit them to the hospital knowing full well they don't need hospital admission just to get them out of their ER in a timely manner. So now we see where all this was going. From Dr. Yagmai's description, it seems like a lot of hospital admissions were unnecessary for the patient. Overall, this is done time and time again in order to get the patient out of the doctor's hair. This is a time and money saving measurement while not exactly considering what is best and most affordable for the patient. That's going to be all for today. If you found insight in today's episode, be sure to share with others and follow so that you can stay up to date on future releases.